Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca. Before the clear blue skies and before the great awakening. I hope I didn't ruin the intro. So the God song. The God song. Go to davek1.bandcamp.com. I think you can download the God song for free. The chorus of the God song being, it came shining through dusty blinds and dim lit room, and I saw the light, I saw the light. And it was just about 13 years ago today that I saw the light. I believe 13 years ago today, I was about, <laughs> I don't know, I was, let me think, today's the 23rd? I was about two weeks into an arduous journey. <laughs> arduous journey the hardest journey a person <clears throat> could ever take not the hardest um there are more difficult journeys um you know those who've been to war those who have uh those who experienced the horrors of you know the holocaust or those who have you know experienced uh things like went like things like what things like what went down in you know rwanda in the 90s um, there have been, uh, you know, those who've been falsely imprisoned and physically tortured and all of these things are, of course, awful. Um, but a uh, battle with addiction, uh, like a serious addiction, is pretty, pretty goddamn unpleasant. So, anyway, looks like I just matched with somebody on Bumble. That's great. Oh, she's got a Trump 2020 shirt on. I will be unmatching her. She already sent me a message. Hi, I'm Michelle. What do you do for a living that transforms lives? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that, Michelle. I mean, maybe I should just try to hate fuck her. Just, you know, fuck that Trump. <laughs> I'm sorry, the things I'm saying do not express the values of the Magic Pisces podcast. <laughs> uh, my Bumble ramp does not express the values <clears throat> of hate fucking is not okay under any circumstances. Although there's this part of me, hmm, <laughs> oh, life is funny. Bumble, it's just, you used to have to ask the girl out. I remember this girlfriend I had in the 90s and I, I remember asking her out on campus and it being one of the most terrifying things being one of the most terrifying things that um that could ever be done literally like just terrifying absolutely terrifying even now like asking a girl out on like facebook or something is just terrifying um it just is if if it's not scary if she's not scary a little bit scary she's not worth it that's what i find you know <clears throat> says the single dude says the single lonely pisces lonely pisces searching for my scorpio scorpios and pisces get along real well i get along with scorpios and other pisces actually it's usually another pisces or a scorpio anyway i recorded an i recorded an episode um last uh two two nights ago and i i took it down i it, i uploaded it to I uploaded it to the hosting company and it wasn't hitting iTunes. It wasn't playing and it wouldn't allow me it wouldn't allow me to download it and and so I took that as a sign that maybe it was a little too like un PC. Not that I'm like really into political correctness, but I think it sounded maybe like I was being a little racially insensitive. The the title of the 
episode was where are the racists and i i think it ended up it started it i listened back to it and it sounded a little ranty it sounded a little like i don't know overly conservative or something so i took that as a sign and i took it down i don't know if any of you were able to to download it real quick before it got <clears throat> before it got removed sometimes that happens um but uh the premise of the episode was where are the racists and i guess what i was what i was really talking about was um was that if i um that that the you know there's a narrative in the news there's a narrative being peddled by the press that america is racist and all of you know the far left is just saying america's racist look how it was founded and i i completely understand that argument i read howard's in incessantly uh, in my early to mid twenties, People's History of the United States, what a great book! Um, but uh, I, I, my the argument that I was sort of presenting in that particular episode that I didn't release. Maybe I'll release it anyway, and you can just listen to it and make your own decision as to whether I now and I sound insensitive. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that at the end of the day, I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. I am very often misunderstood um but really i mean come on it's just good just try to be good always try to be good and always try to get along and always try to respect the person in front of me always 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 um but i i guess that the what i was saying in the in the episode was that uh maybe america is less racist than the the press is saying it is or then everyone believes that it is because if I wanted to go do something racist, I wouldn't know where, like I wouldn't know, like if I woke up tomorrow and decided to become a white supremacist for whatever reason, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the first step to take. Like I wouldn't know how to get in, in touch with the other racists. I, it's not like I would just, it's not like I would just know who to call, you know, like if I, like actually the day I realized I was an alcoholic, I actually knew who to call. You know, or the day I, I realized I, I needed help, I knew who to call. Like, if I woke up tomorrow and was like, I need to be racist, I wouldn't I wouldn't know, like, what what to do with that. Like, is that, a, do I post something on Facebook, like, looking to join racist groups? Does anybody know of any racist Facebook groups? Um, where's the local, you know, the, the local racist chapter of racists? Where are they? Um, I, I just, I wouldn't know. And I was talking about how maybe if I... Um, if I went to the deep south and I just started knocking on doors with Confederate flags, that might be a way to find racists to hang out with and do racist things. Uh, like, I don't know what the racists are doing when they're not at like a rally, when they're not at a Tiki Torch rally. What what do they do in their meantime? Probably just like stupid shit, like drink energy drinks and play video games and, and shit. <laughs> Maybe argue on Facebook or, or something. I don't I don't know what they do. Um, but I think they just kind of keep to themselves mostly. Um, I don't think that the average like white supremacist would would walk up to the average black dude. You know, I'd like to take the average the average racist, you know, Confederate whatever racist, and just plop him down in the middle of the South Side or the West Side of Chicago and uh, have him be racist. So let's see how that goes. Um, so I don't know, but. You know, that's my my point is like, where where are the if America's so racist, where where are they? I don't know. And and then I also want to be crystal clear, like I'm not black. I don't know what it's like to walk around <clears throat> um, 
I don't know what it's like to walk around with with black skin, dark skin. I have no idea what that would be like to like walk into a to be black and to walk into a bar in like Arizona. What would that what would that experience be like? I could imagine it would be very uncomfortable. Um so yeah, I'm I'm not speaking. I'm speaking from the place of privileged privileged white man privileged white man says maybe there's less racism than is suggested um i get that that's the place i'm coming from but i've mentioned rogers park so many times you know the neighborhood i used to live in and it was very it was a very colorblind neighborhood there were all kinds of different just colors and languages and all sorts of different people interacting and i used to go to this ethiopian coffee shop and there was this ethiopian uh, this Ethiopian couple, this whole Ethiopian family, actually, that that ran it, and uh, they were just—they were the, like the nicest, most awesome people ever. Um, I think the owner might, the 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 man might have been a little pervy. I heard that that maybe he was a little pervy, but it was kind of this thing you overlooked, you know. There was maybe a little bit of speculation, but at the end of the day, you just loved them all, you know, and the the. Um, his wife is just the most wonderful woman ever, and she used to call me my son. She said, "My son is come in. You just get your own coffee." And I used to be able to like walk behind the counter myself and get my own refills at the Ethiopian cafe. And there was a there was an open mic there every Monday called Royal Souls, which was actually where I got my, I guess my musical my start in music. The first time I ever performed music was at uh, solo, was at Royal Cat Royal Coffee in Rogers Park, and. We had this Monday night open mic, and it was there were there were some like legit communists that would get on the mic and like talk communist stuff, read communist poetry. Um, there was a a communist paper called the People's Tribune that this one particular communist I know who's a good guy, uh, but he would he would leave the People's Tribune out, and he would always have stories about you know workers being laid off or some awful thing that this some company some corporation or company was doing to its workers and what's going to happen to the workers and um yeah so that was that was interesting that was uh i i was much more far left then much more leftist than i am now and that's not to suggest that i'm some sort of right person now I'm just sort of looking at all of the sides of the issue and of an issue of of the majority of issues and sort of deciding, and then trying to see it all through the lens of spirit, trying to see it all through the lens of higher consciousness, and again, rebel ontology, ontology being the study of being. So, the the majority of the listeners, I'm assuming, are um, ontologically rebellious you're you if you're listening you are probably an ontologically rebellious person so i'm not going to explain that i'm just going to suggest that that's how you are anyway so i hope uh, you all are having a good day i've been staying off of social media um, it's really nice Honestly, I've been not on there. I've been on there a lot less. I haven't been engaging in any arguments. I posted a great interview between Joe Rogan and Jocko. Jocko, the former Navy SEAL who's got a really famous podcast. 
I think Jocko should run for president um, based on the way that he articulates uh, his arguments or not his arguments, but uh, basically he's got a really, he's got a really fascinating way of articulating what it means to be a leader and um, is really rooted in a lot of understanding and empowering the individual. And I think that that's what we need is we need, we need people to empower themselves and not, uh, not, not fall victim, not choose not to be victims and uh, I see a lot of, I guess that's sort of the issue that I take with the left is that there's a lot of uh, victimization versus personal responsibility. And, and if I say that, I don't want to be branded as something. I, please don't brand me as something for saying that we need to take personal responsibility. Please don't brand me as something, whatever that something is. But I really, uh, that's one of the things I learned um, in the 12-step in the programs is like, this is your responsibility. Like your life is your responsibility. And I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I've seen so many people just bring themselves back from the gates of horrific destruction as a result of just waking up and going, wait a minute, this life is mine. I get to make my own choices. And I've, I've seen all sorts of people claw themselves back or, or, or crawl. I've seen all sorts of people crawl or claw their way back claw their ways back from you know the gates of hell and of all different colors and ethnicities and mexicans and black people and white people and puerto ricans and i don't know maybe a chinese person here or there and i don't know i really um think that we should celebrate our differences i think that you know my Mexican neighbors are my Mexican neighbors and I'm their white neighbor to them and they speak Spanish and I speak English and they speak English and Spanish and sometimes I speak to them in Spanish and they say, oh, hablas español? And I say, sí, hablo un poquito, pero no puedo comprender cuando personas me hablan porque ustedes hablan muy rápido. And they go, oh, hablas español muy bien. And they say, you speak Spanish very well. And I'm saying, yeah, you know, and... There's a little common ground there, you know, and there's also differences there. And uh, I think that's great. And, you know, I'm afraid to, I'm a, it's gotten to the point with all this political correctness, correctness where I'm afraid to say I love black people. Like, because someone might say, well, why, don't, why aren't they just people? Why do they have to be black people? I'm like, because they're black people. I'm white. They're, they come from a whole different universe and... And they're 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 from there, and I'm from where I'm at, and we are different. And can't we just celebrate that? It's one of the things I miss about Rogers Park the most is flirting with like big black women. For some reason, me and big black women really get along. Um, and you can just be like, "Hey, baby," to them, and they're just like, "Hey, baby," back. And there's this "Hey, baby" thing, and it's really fun and really kind of freeing. And I miss that. I live in such a white place i live in one of the whitest places in the world southern california uh like south of la not to be confused with los angeles um los angeles different story um north county san diego very very white very vanilla very fishbowlish meaning everybody knows one another it's kind of reminds me a lot of fort collins on the ocean if you took fort collins and you put it on the ocean um it would it would sort of resemble where i live but um yeah, I just, I, I remember, it was weird, I remember going out with this beautiful black girl um, years ago, we just we just had a couple of dates, and um, I remember going to the, we went to this Indian restaurant that was in Rogers Park that was owned by a Muslim, and, and 
I, I, I was on very friendly terms with the owner, the Muslim woman. She knew what I ordered and she would always take my order. You know, before I was done walking in, she would have the order going. And, you know, it was that kind of a, that kind of a really friendly customer relationship. And then I showed up with this black girl this one day and the woman wouldn't look me in the eye. She was looking at me all strange. Like I crossed races or something. It was the weirdest. I got the weirdest vibe off of her. She stopped looking me in the eye. And it, then it made me all uncomfortable. And then I couldn't be myself. And then I, then I started to get all self-conscious. Like, oh, man, this is a thing. This interracial thing is a thing. And it's not like white people who are mad at me or black people who are mad at me. It's this... Uh, it's this Muslim woman who's mad at me or being weird towards me. And then I was like, then I got all self-conscious. I was like, huh. And because, you know, I got that self-conscious side of me. But that was interesting, you know. So that was like the only, you know, that was, I guess that that's my my experience with racial prejudice is, is feeling um, like eggshells or something inside of this little restaurant. And it felt like, there was some not so nice juju being directed at me for being there with this beautiful black girl, you know? And uh, she was from Detroit, and she was from like the inner city of Detroit, you know, the hood or whatever you want to call it from Detroit. And I'm from like Glen Ellen, Illinois, and we just, our souls just got along. We just had this super cool soul connection. She was a lot younger than me, so I don't think she ever would have considered like dating me. But we had this really cool, like, awesome soul connection. I, I really wish I could run into her again just to say hi. We would run into each other in the neighborhood all the time, and that was cool. And uh, it is kind of funny, though, because a lot of these, a lot of these liberals, a lot of these, a lot of these liberals, a lot of these white liberals, um, a lot of the liberal types who I know, the idealistic type, I, I really would like to just uh, get them on the green line in Chicago, and we'll just get off on Cicero. Uh, with your Black Lives Matter sign and see how that goes. You know, let's maybe you could set up a little anti-racist um, little post, little spot there on the corner of, um, you know, Costner and Lake. See how that goes. See how that idealism plays out. Um, that would be amusing. I'm thinking of a couple of people in particular. Um, but, you know, whatever. People are, you know, the, the majority of the, the people who are getting behind the Black Lives Matter thing, their intentions are totally good. Their intentions are totally pure. Their intentions are wonderful. You know, I, I mentioned the Freedom Rides, like, in my last post. Or maybe that was two posts ago. I can't remember. But, like, imagine, like, being a white person and getting in a... This is when liberal was being, like, a serious fucking badass. You get in the, you get in the bus and you drive around the Deep South with a bunch of black people and just go through like, let's just go to Mississippi and then from Mississippi we'll go to Alabama and then from Alabama we'll go to, you know, uh, Arkansas, Southern Arkansas and we'll just ride this bus around. Um, that's some badass shit. That's, those are some liberals I can respect. Not that I don't respect liberals. Not that I am not a liberal. I'm completely a liberal in the sense of I believe in the freedom of the individual. Although with these COVID cases spiking all over the place it's kind of like yeah well maybe you know for the good of all of society you should back off uh, or we should stay out of public or not be 
meeting up in bars or whatever. Not that I would meet up in a bar. It it occur. I, I from from my understanding that the the COVID the coronavirus spreads in closely packed indoor places where you are stuck for long periods of time. So um, like bars or churches or you know, meetings. So that's why I, I'm very, I'm actually very cautious. Um, I was pissed when they took surfing away, but at the same time, I'm not really near anybody in the water, nor am I near anybody on the beach, nor am I really near anybody at all. Um, I'm, I, I, somebody got up in my face the other day, not like in my face in like an aggressive way, but they got a little too close without that mask pulled up. And I will admit to you, I did not want them in my space the way that they had been in my space. Interestingly enough, this is a person who had argued with me a little bit on social media when I was sort of on my don't take away my freedom to surf rant. So this is a local coffee shop patron. I was like, whoa, you get the hell up away from me. Get, get, get up off my, uh, get up out of my space or whatever, you know? So I do take the thing very seriously um, I thought that Donald Trump was, uh, I, I, he's just such a, he's just such a fucking idiot. It's just, it just fucking cracks me up so much. He gets up at his rally, his Tulsa rally, and he refers to the coronavirus as the Kong flu, you know, and then, you know, what, what did he think was going to happen when he got up at his rally and referred to the coronavirus as the Kong flu, like for real? Um, <laughs> Like the press is gonna pick right up on that. They're gonna so he's racist. He called it. He's racist against Chinese people. He called it the kung flu, and I just thought it was hilarious in the sense of like in the ironic sense, like you're such a fuck. You're so stupid. That's hilarious. But his followers, like his real like his like super stupid base, they're just like, oh my god, do you listen to him? He he don't care. He just he calls it the kung flu. He is politically in, he 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 doesn't care. He's not a politician. He's not afraid to say the thing that he says. <laughs> I thought it was about the funniest thing I could ever could have heard. It's my impression of a Trump of a of a a Trump supporting uh, a, an Oklahoma Trump supporter. How's that? Nothing against any of my Trump supporters. I know I have a couple of Trump supporters as listeners, and I appreciate you. Thanks for hearing me out. Thanks for hearing me out on all of this. And uh, my dad actually sent me a shout out regarding my last post. He called me brilliant. I was like, oh, you finally you finally get it. Your son is smart. <laughs> He's always doing I'm smart. It's funny. Anyway, but we we internalize things as children. We come to believe things about ourselves and the world as children based on things that happen to us in our environments. And what we do is we download, we download the programming. We inherit the programming, and it's often generations old. It often goes back for generations. And then some person at some point inside of a dysfunctional dynamic of sorts is the one to wake up. And I just happen to be that one um, in my family of origin. And addiction is amazing in the sense that it it just brings it brings people to God because it's like you're either going to die or go to prison where you probably die or you might die or your life will essentially be robbed from you or taken from you or you wake up and you find God. And that's uh, that's why these anonymous programs are so powerful is because they lead people to God. And I don't know if you listened to the last episode. That's why I thought that crazy psycho far leftist whatever you know girl woman i'm trying not to say bitch 
was such a bitch was because she just didn't get that. But then again, I've I've been in that place. I know what it's like to see the. I know what it's like to see thre- life through the lens of atheism, or there's nothing greater and just like nihilistic, you know, Nietzschean whatever. I don't know if I'm using the word Nietzschean correctly, but. I know what it's like to be in that place. I just happened to wake up. I was blessed. Something came to me. Something uh, presented itself to me. As the song goes, it came shining through dusty blinds in a dimly lit room, and I saw the light. I saw the light. It's actually dim lit room. Grammatically correct would have been dimly lit room, and I'm being a little bit redundant here. So I'm not too sure about you know the state of the world. I, I notice that when I back away from social media and when I don't let my emotions run me in regards to the news, I have a lot more peace on the inside. Um, And that peace, um, the energy of that peace, it just moves in different directions. For instance, um, very, very busy business week this week. By the way, if you're considering reinventing your existence, um, recalibrating your entire life and and repurposing yourself hit me up email me dave.keenest at gmail.com or transform at my magic pisces.com and you know we can book a consult i've been getting really busy with coaching i've been very busy with coaching actually and coaching is some powerful ass work. It's kind of like I dare you. Nobody has any idea what a freaking life coach is until they get into a conversation uh, with uh, with a with a good one, you know. And uh, it can it can blow your life up. So I don't really have too much more. Um, perhaps I'll release the less politically correct version of this uh, episode. The one that didn't the, the one that didn't make it to iTunes. Maybe I'll release that in a couple days. And, you know, just just heed the caveat. It might be a little un-PC. I don't know. I was I was talking about actually one of the things I was talking about in this in that episode was that there's this Mexican girl who I know who um, I'm like kind of friends with. Uh, We've gone on a couple dates, but but I don't know if I should call her Mexican or Hispanic. I'm not sure what the correct term is. I think she just calls herself, refers to herself as Mexican. Um, But she was like, we were texting back and forth, and I said something, yada, yada, African-Americans in the texting. And she said, well, would you mind if, you know, would it be a problem if I requested that you just called them black Americans? And and I was like, well, well, my black American friend, my friend who's a black leader, he actually refer he actually prefers to be called African American. He so I'm trying I'd prefer to call them black, but I'm trying to appease my African American friend. And now here's a Mexican telling me that I should call the African American who wants to be called African American black. What's up with that? And at the end of the day, I'm just like a nice person who's just trying to be nice and who's just trying to be good. And and that's it. And that's it. And so do we have to pay attention to the way people speak so much? I, I, I don't I don't know. But I can't I can't say I don't like political correctness without sounding like one of them. Please don't put me in the one of them Kung flu. I can't stand political correctness camp. I don't want to be one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm one of you. 
we're all together. We are all one. We are all members of the human race. And we just express ourselves differently. So thanks for listening again. I'm going to get this thing uploaded momentarily. And I will talk to you all next time in the Magic Pisces podcast. Thanks.